0: Complain about something, and I believe this forever. Never complain about something without offering at least one potential solution to it. Seems fair. Seems reasonable, right? Okay, so here we go with fixing the Penguins' power play. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. I do one of these every Monday through Friday, bright and early in the morning. If you're into football and or baseball, I also have daily shots of Steelers and Pirates. The Penguins' power play looks, looks to be beyond repair. It looks like a unit, and when I say this, I'm referring to the first unit, that doesn't even want to score. It's a crazy place for a power play with... That many talented, smart, ambitious, successful, accomplished people on it, but that's where we are. That's where we are right now in talking about this thing. Believe it or not, I'm not just saying that because the Penguins have failed to score on their last 18 power plays. If they had poked in two or three of them along the way, I'd be saying the exact same thing. Because other than the first couple games of this season, this power play has never looked remotely aggressive. And that requires a change in mindset, at least as your first alternative. And if that doesn't work, a change in personnel. And that's where I'm starting to think that this needs to go because sending these same five guys out over the boards and just saying, go get them, fellas, isn't going to do it. Nor will it be a solution to have Chris Letang back. Chris Letang's a better power play performer than I think most local fans give him credit for, but he's not going to solve the problem that's leaping out at everyone right now, and that's, a pointed refusal to shoot the puck. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK, to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com. Use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. To repeat, the numbers are terrible. It's not just the O for 18. It's the fact that over the course of this entire season through 10 games, they've put 67 shots on goal on power plays. No other NHL team has fewer than 72. And if you start prorating them and everything else, the Penguins are that much lower. Now, if you're Mike Sullivan or you're Todd Reardon, who's now been tasked with fixing this power play, actually was a primary reason he was hired, you can put that thing in giant figures on your dry erase board in the locker room and Let the players know, look at this thing. Look at these numbers. And if their mindset is still that, well, there's a better play there, then they just think you're nuts. They don't understand. I'm a skilled player. I am capable of making that great pass. I am capable of that impossible saucer through three sticks right onto the blade of my teammate waiting for this great pass of mine between the hashes. I'm special. I can do these things. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. So you're going to have to try something that's based on personnel. And this is where you start getting a little loopy. But hey, you know what? That's the circumstance that we're in. So here's the first thing that I do. I replace the point men with two defensemen meaning Gino's going to either slide up or move to power play, too. Sorry, <laughs> you know, we're not here to discuss hurt feelings. But I am definitely replacing the point men with two defensemen. And I'm going to pick defensemen who I know for a fact will shoot first and think later. So I'm starting with Pierre-Olivier Joseph on the left point because I saw him more than once. Since his wonderful arrival onto the NHL scene, but in particular in the games in New York, look up, find a lane, and get the puck through. Not every point shot needs to be Shea Weber. You just need to get the puck through. You need to put it into positions where it can be deflected or redirected or cause a rebound or even miss the net and cause some havoc so that the forwards ideally can scramble down there and go for it. So I want Pierre-Olivier Joseph on the left point, and that's non-negotiable. We're going to move over to the right point, and I can say somewhat casually that I'll take John Marino over there, except that, you know what? I've watched John Marino now on power play unit number one in place of Letang in a couple games, and it feels to me like he's looking over to his left Ed Evgeny Malkin never shooting the puck and saying, oh, that's what I'm supposed to do now? Okay, well, I won't shoot the puck either. So he isn't. You know who I'm putting on the right point? And just bring me your worst. Go right ahead. I'll I'll take anything you got. But it's my segment, so I'm going to get away with this. Chad Ruedel. You know why? Because he gets the puck through. He has better offensive instincts than most people seem to realize. He's capable of keeping the puck in the zone, and it's not like he's some kind of nightmare with passing the puck either. He's a pretty good offensive defenseman. But again, that's not what this is about. This is about putting two guys at the points that you will absolutely trust to shoot the puck. They'll shoot it now, but you still need someone to be there at the other end. And Patrick Hornquist, alas, is playing in Sunrise, Florida these days, so you're going to have to find some other people to go there. Sidney Crosby is absolutely going to be part of your top unit, so let's presume that Sid is not that guy, but that you at least ask very nicely if Sid will go down below the goal line and try to make things happen from there, because as we've seen throughout his career, even though he thinks he's a lot more effective on the right half wall, he's actually a lot more effective, infinitely more effective, below the goal line and then approaching the net as shots come in whether it's for deflections, rebounds, or easy slam dunks. Who's left? Well, do we really want Gino on the left wing, or do we want Gino at center? <sighs> See, again, let, let's discard the hurt feelings. I've got Sid on what basically is tantamount to Right wing for positional purposes, although he would take the draw as a face off. So, what you need are two other players on the rink who are going to be retrieval guys, who are going to be shots guys, who are going to be go to the net guys. So, you know who I'm putting out there for the power play for the first power play unit? I'm putting Sid, Jake, and Rust. So, I have a shot from either side, I have a couple of guys who are willing to go to the net. Who will collapse on the net whenever one of these point shots does get through? And on top of that, I'm also keeping together a trio of players that's playing with each other anyway at five on five. So it's not like they have to talk too much about it. They don't have to wonder what the other guy is going to do. All they're going to do in this setting for me is to shoot the puck. Is to shoot the puck. What about Geno? Oh, we're going to upset Geno and whatever else. You know what? How about after Geno scores a five-on-five goal this season, we can start discussing about worrying about whether or not his feelings are hurt. I mean, it's nice that he's come to play the last two or three games, but he'd been missing in action in the first seven without explanation, mostly pouting. I'm really, really not worried about whether or not he'd be upset over this. And besides, there is some precedent for it. Put him on a second unit. Not as a punishment. Explain to him what I just explained. Explain to him that. Give him his own unit. Tell him, look, you go out there with Jared McCann and Jason Zucker, or for that matter, even consider Zucker with the top unit, just as a a no by the way here because he is going to the net. That's how he's got three goals in his last four games. They've all been right there. But tell Geno he's going out there with Zucker and McCann and that the first unit is not supposed to stay out there for a minute and a half because that doesn't happen anywhere except Pittsburgh. They can stay out there for a minute, do their best, try to generate some shots on goal. Next time there's a draw, get off the rink. Or get off the rink anyway on the change. I'm not suggesting this is any kind of permanent solution. It just isn't. I'm actually not even suggesting that it's reasonable because I know the Penguins' world. And everything that I'm saying right now would be... I mean, it would be laughed at. It would be ridiculed. You can't say that. You can't sit Chris Letang. You can't move Evgeny Malkin off the... What are you doing here? That's not how it works here. Well, guess what? What's happening there right now ain't working well past time to try something that might when we come back just one question Welcome back. Time for just one question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do that by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that contains this podcast and leave it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. Today's Just One question comes from Rauscher, who asks, do you feel this team is better without Latang in the lineup from a defensive standpoint? When he's out there, the entire team seems to make less dumb mistakes. And Rauscher puts dumb in quotation marks. And they seem more interested in playing total team defense, almost as if Latang's poor decisions start to rub off on the rest of the team. We're probably not going to agree on anything related to Letang, mostly because his presence on the rink is a hard one for a lot of people to gauge. He is a very visible and dominant presence out there. When I say that, believe it or not, that's not a Phrased in this context as a compliment, it just means that you see him a lot. You notice him a lot. The reason for that is he has the puck a lot, and he's patient. Because of that, his mistakes are going to be magnified. He's trying things that other people don't try. I'm not here to do a dissertation defending Latang. I'm trying to explain here, rather, why... Hockey people value him the way they do. There aren't many players like that in the NHL that have his threshold with the puck. There is a significant reward for any team that has someone like that. They calm you down. Uh, they allow you to reset And you operate in general with a greater confidence. Anyone in hockey, probably at any level of hockey, will back me on this. Now, do they look more urgent and dedicated and everything else? Whenever he's out, sure, I can promise you Cody CeCe is trying a whole heck of a lot harder to move his feet and everything else than Chris Letang will. Same goes for Yannick Weber or whoever else they have out there uh, taking up his shifts. But it's not the same impact. There remains no defense more effective in the sport of hockey than having the puck for yourself. Every millisecond that Chris Letang holds on to the puck is a millisecond that the other team can't score. Every millisecond that he skates out of trouble in a way that looks casual to us but is not normal in the National Hockey League is another period of time in which the other team can't score. There's a reason why at the end of games in which you're convinced Letang was awful and he might have made, like, legit a couple of bad giveaways. One of them could even lead directly to a goal. And you'll think, wow, man, Tanger was terrible. If he wasn't out there, we'd have won a game. And then you see the advanced analytics, which really aren't all that advanced, by the way. They're not that hard to understand. They're based on shot attempts. Plain and simple, Chris Letang's on the rink when the Penguins record a shot attempt, meaning shot on goal, missed shot, blocked shot, whatever it is, just a shot attempt versus how many the opponents get while he's out there. Chris Letang is almost always, we're talking about five on five here, almost always in significant plus territory. But why do we just remember the minuses? Why? I mean, that's, that's human nature to an extent. But he makes a lot of other things happen that fortify your defense, that fortify your prevention of goals. And now that I got absolutely nobody to agree with anything I just said, it's probably a pretty good place to end the program, right? Thanks for the question. I appreciate that. Thanks to everybody for listening, and we'll do this again tomorrow.